Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Well, who came expecting to receive from the Lord today? You can be comfortably seated. Thank you, praise and worship team, for another five-star job. Sounds like people are sitting on bamboo. I'd like you, if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Galatians chapter 3. This is the fifth week, I think three of the five weeks I actually got to it, that I've been doing a message entitled, The Christian's Constitution, 21 Divine Rights of Every Believer. When you're an American citizen, one time I was flying to Congo in Central Africa and I was so bored I was reading my passport. And it said, the, U, the Bill of Rights does not travel with you. So in other words, you can't go to Pakistan and just start shooting off at the mouth and say, I have a First Amendment. You don't have a First Amendment in Pakistan, you have it in America. And so when you get born again, when you become a Christian, there's a divine transfer. The Bible says you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. You have di- different rules that govern your life than a heathen has. The Bible says, in that day you will again see the difference. Talking about the last days in Malachi chapter 3. You will again see the difference between those who serve God and those who serve Him not. So I'm giving you 21 rights you have as a believer. People try to take your rights from you in regular life, and the devil has zero respect for what your rights are. Jesus referred to Satan as a thief. John 10.10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Thieves by their nature take what doesn't belong to them. Go where they don't belong to go. So there's where the confusion comes in. If you listen to K-Love Christian Radio, they're all confused. I was listening to it all week. Me and and Abraham were just laughing our heads off that somebody could be a Christian with an access to a Bible and let some of the absolute F-grade things come out of their mouth about who they are and what, you know, how many know sometimes things don't work out, but we just trust him. What is that? That's, That's a nonsensical confession. Sickness has all, there's no prayer about sickness. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Put a marker in Galatians 3. Feel my blood pressure rising. (laughs) Romans chapter 10, verse 5. Romans 10, verse 5. If you're not there, just let me read it. I promise I won't make up any words. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the word is nigh thee. It is in your lips, on your lips, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Don't say who will go up to heaven to bring it down. How many of you know, one day, we don't know why things are the way. When people get into that little religious whine in their voice, be careful about what comes out next. How many of you know we don't know why things work out the way? But one day in heaven, we'll have perfect bodies. How many of you know though healing doesn't always come here? 
One day in heaven, some of us receive healing here. Some of us receive healing in heaven. The Bible just said, don't say that. You don't have to go up to heaven to get anything. Somebody came down from heaven to bring heaven's blessing to you. And he paid. If it seems like I'm a little wound up, when you read, I mean, go home and watch Passion of the Christ. And they weren't even allowed to totally represent what Jesus did. They want to give it an R rating if they showed how bad of a beating he took. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Jesus paid a serious price for me to be healed. Before he went to the cross, they tied him to a post and ripped the meat off of his back. The Bible says when they were done punching him in the face with a bag over his head. Roman centurions. Imagine taking an un unguarded punch. You can't even see you're blindfolded. And Roman centurions are taking one shot after another. Who hit you that time, prophet? The Bible says he, he did that. He was beaten so that I might have peace. You'll never catch me saying we're in a mental health crisis. Jesus had his face beaten beyond recognition so that I can have perfect peace. Every night when I lay my head to the pillow, every morning when I get up, a high price was paid for me to have. What, what, what winds up, and I'm not trying to divide the crowd, what winds up the, the conservative political party in America? Because when rights are trampled on, you, what are you doing when you trample on rights? During the COVID lockdowns, when you tell people they're not allowed to go to work, their job's unessential, what are you doing? You are, you are spitting on the graves of people that bled overseas for us to not turn into a communist country. And that's why there's like a vitriolic anger that comes up in people because a high price was paid for this constitution. People died. Jesus died. Not just so you can go to heaven. He died that you can have blessings. Well, I'm going to get into the specific blessings. You don't wait till you go to heaven. Heaven came down to earth. I'm not waiting on going to heaven to have one thing that Jesus came down to bring into this earth. I don't have to wait till I die. Jesus didn't say one day you'll die and I'll bless you. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I tell you in the name of Jesus, however you came in here on this Sunday morning, you're leaving with life abundantly. If you believe that, celebrate it in the face of the devil. Clap your hands, all ye people. Give God a mighty shout of praise. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13. Two pivotal verses in Scripture. Maybe the two key verses in the whole Bible. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. But Christ has redeemed us. Not is redeeming us. Not will redeem us. I mean, no, we're all works in progress. Shut up. I don't like you, this imaginary person I'm talking to. No, I'm not being redeemed. I've been redeemed. I'm not being redeemed any more than I'm becoming a U.S. citizen. I am a citizen of the United States. That's a done deal. And I am a blood-bought child of God. I hate all this new... Maybe I have my life's work cut out for me to just slap this down for the rest of my life. I'm becoming a Christ follower, and we're all on a faith journey. Huh? 
You sound like you prepare your sermons in a cloud of marijuana smoke. And you find out since it's been legalized, a lot of preachers in America say that now. I feel like more clear in my head, bro, when I do that. So yeah, your sermons sound like it. They don't come from the Holy Ghost. They come from the spirit of Rastafari. But Christ has redeemed us. Everybody say, I'm born again. Say, I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. Say, I'm not an old sinner trying to live a righteous life. The old sinner is dead. Behold, all things have become new. Christ has redeemed us from what? From all the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he forgave our sins. He did do that, but he did more than that. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Crucifixion was supposed to take three to four days. Jesus died in like three hours to the point that they thought he was faking. Because he took everything the devil ever wanted to lay on me was laid on Christ Jesus in my place. And I, it's unscriptural. It's illegal for me to have to suffer with what Christ already suffered for in, in my place. Now, a quietness descends on part of the crowd because you say, Jonathan, the Bible talks about suffering. Yes. But the problem is, in American English, we interchange suffering to also mean sickness. So what you have people say is, well, they, they talk healing there, but the Bible is very clear that when you're a Christian, you'll suffer. If we took the time to flip to James 5, which I'm not going to, I'm going to quote it for you. The Bible gives two sets of instructions for two different problems. Are any among you suffering? He should pray. Are any among you sick? Different. You should call on the elders of the church. You should deal with that immediately. You should call on the elders of the church. Have them anoint you with oil. And their prayer offered in faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. And any sins they've committed will be forgiven them. James 5, 13. And then it starts dealing with prayer in 17. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power and availeth much. And so it says if you're suffering, keep praying. In this world you will have sorrows. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You can't pray your way out of negative Facebook comments. You can't pray your way out of people saying nasty stuff about you because you serve the Lord. Suffering, persecution, and tests and trials for serving God. That's not, Jesus didn't take that on the cross for you. Not only did he not take it on the cross, he told you. Just so you know, if you follow me, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. You'll be dragged into court because of your allegiance to me. He told you all that. But he, you're never going to hear Jesus say, just so you know, when you follow me, many of you will be eaten to the bone with cancer. Oh, no. He actually said, if you follow me, tell people that I'm coming soon, and when you tell them, heal their sick. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're carrying enough of God in you to heal other people that are sick, what do you suppose is going to be your story? If a cup's overflowing with water, the cup's not dry. Can you say amen? So healing's one of those rights, and I, can't, I, I certainly can't get in to the 10 that I've already covered. Power over the devil. But you have, look at verse 14, Galatians 3.14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham. 
so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit by faith. The Bible tells you that part of Christ's work on the cross in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating at the right hand of the Father was he broke the curse. Everybody say the curse is broken. And number two, he loosed the blessing of Abraham to the Gentiles. What is that blessing? The more general you understand something, the, the, the less result you get from it. If somebody, you know, that, that's what they're doing in our public school system. You, you, you take any, any student and ask them what rights they have guaranteed to them in the Constitution. You got the governor of New Mexico saying no one's allowed to carry guns for the next 30 days. Excuse me, Missy. You're not allowed to alter the Constitution. No elected official is allowed to subvert the Constitution of the United States. So what happened? The sheriffs all tweeted within one hour, we will not be enforcing this as it's unconstitutional. So what happened? The governor had them hanged for, for disobeying her? No, she can't do it. Because no one is allowed. Now look at that. That, that governor was willing to try to overstep, just like the devil. And yes, if you're watching, Miss Governor, I am comparing you to the devil. But you're welcome to repent and get saved. We'll cast the devil out of you. Amen. Little demon of communism. will be like Stalin floating off into the sky. What a perfect example. Everyone has that right guaranteed to them. But if you don't know... Then somebody goes to take it. They said, we can't go to work. They said, how many did you hear? 2020 through 2022. They said, we're not allowed to have church. They said, we have to wear masks. Who's they? The Centers for Disease Control are not higher than the United States Constitution. They're not even on par with it. They're a private firm. They're not, they're nothing. And people just quote them like they're an authority because they don't know the authority. The Bible says, whose report will we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. You're going to get a lot of reports on your journey on this earth that are contrary to what the Bible says. That's why the Bible says, hold fast your confession of faith. I'm not laying down what Jesus ratified with his blood so that I can live at a higher level. Can you say amen? amen. Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter 1. Verses 3 and 4. If you would put the scriptures up in the uh, King James on the screen, because I'm going to read New Living, then if it butchers it, I have something to go back to. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need that pertains to to life and godliness. What a scripture. By his divine power, everything we need for life and godliness has already been given. There's nothing to plead for. We don't pray under the old, in the Old Testament you pleaded. Oh God, grant me a child. Oh God, help my leprosy. But you don't do that now because Jesus already granted that through his work for you. If you cry out to God, oh God, I need healing. God's going to yell back. No, you don't. You need to read. That's why how many Bible college students do we have here today? Full time. 
that came from 17 states and a few countries. Put your hands up high. We're not going to execute you. That's why we're training ministers of the gospel, because how can they believe in something they've never heard? That's why God sends preachers. Look at the book of Acts. People needed help. There's a eunuch in a chariot, Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot. And he's reading the book of Isaiah and he's confused. So God, God spoke to him from heaven? No. God spoke to Philip the evangelist and said, fix yourself. Acts chapter 8. Fix yourself to his chariot and help this man. And the Bible says, he said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, no, how can I? Is Isaiah talking about himself or one that's to come? And Philip began with this same scripture and used many others to show him that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, if God wants to do something in Pittsburgh, he can do it all by himself. No, he desires partnership. The heavens belong to the Lord. This is what the Bible says. The heavens belong to the Lord. The earth he has given to men. You are in a church that doesn't believe in miracles. You're in a church that is a miracle. Look around. This is 20 months old. This is not normal. But why? Why has this happened? Because we're not preaching some goofy version of the Bible that oh, God will take care of it. We just soak in his grace. No. We have, we have a, an hour meeting after for those that want to say, no, I'm not just going to attend church. I want to be a worker in the army of the Lord, taking practical action to snatch people out of sin, out of sickness, out of depression, and lay them at the foot of the cross in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I already have everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. Yeah, not just godliness, not just peace, joy, and love, and and all those great fruit of the Spirit, but also life. You need a home to live in. And these, these guys like Jonathan preach about home ownership. Okay, where do you live? Do you sleep on a sidewalk or at a bus stop? You need a roof over your head. You need a building to have church in on a day like today. How, how are you going to sit outside 58 degrees and rainy? That's stupid. Get a roof. Get a building. Get a sound system so people can hear the gospel. You live in a material world. It, it is absolutely asinine to get into some religious mode as if, you know, we don't need anything. You know, things aren't important to me. Yeah, but you're going to eat this afternoon. And you're not going to eat ideas. You're going to eat things. You need things to live. I'm sorry I never enrolled in the religious class that we just pretend we're not in heaven yet. We are on an earth against enemies on this earth. But thank God, everything you need, not just for godliness, but for life, has been provided for you. If you're thankful for that, let Jesus hear your great hand clap in his house. Somebody say all things. That pertain to life and godliness. Verse 4, there's more. These are two really great verses. Let me tell you something. Whoever wrote this book did a great job. (laughs) Verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. So the 21 rights I'm telling you are the promises. I know. No, I know God promised that. But, you know, sometimes things don't work. You added that. You're, You're making things up. The Bible says the exact opposite. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not a human being, so he doesn't change his mind. This is still 23, 19. Has he ever spoken something 
and, and failed to act, has he ever promised something and not carried it through? The answer is a resounding no, no, a thousand times no. What else does the Bible say? God's word is incorruptible seed. And it says it always accomplishes its given result. I knew this church would explode as long as I took three quarters of the Sunday and load and let this thing fling out of my mouth because it's invisible but potent seed. The word of God actually demands its own audience. Do you ever notice how much scripture I quote? Do you think I'm doing that to show off? No. I heard Billy Graham say when he was an old man, I noticed the more scripture I used, the more powerful the meetings were and the larger the crowd would grow. So I covenanted with God to quote no less than 70 scriptures per message. Go back and listen to Billy Graham. He's in a baseball stadium. I went to go see him at Three River Stadium. I responded to the altar call. I was already saved, but I had wanted to walk on that turf my whole life. I wanted to stand where Barry Bond stood back when he had a human-sized head. There's all those people sitting there. They don't have Bibles. So you're not going to hear them say, like I'm doing today, turning your Bible to here. But you just hear them in that North Carolina dairy farmer accent. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the name of Jesus has been given. And just quote the Bible. And as he quoted it, I remember when I sat there up in the upper deck of three rivers, all the people sitting beside, behind me were unsaved Americans. They were talking during praise and worship. You could tell. You could tell they were just there to check this guy out. And then I listened as he preached, as quoting scripture, as they got quiet. And when they asked for the show of hands, I, I peeked, and all of them had their hands up and came down. That's what he did. I listened to uh, my friend, Sister Deborah's father, Dr. Polony, one scripture after another scripture, Bishop David Oyedepo, scripture, scripture, the Bible. And then what do you have? And I'm not making our church better than, than other churches. And it's not all churches. But what, what's been the plague in America? No regard for the Bible. I don't mean in politics or, or public school. I mean in the pulpit. Let me just read one scripture real quick in case some old religious person that's here gets mad at me. And then we'll get back to life lessons from the movie Barbie. No power. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it alone is the power it puts power into your bones to give you a different life let me see second peter 1 4 king james whereby are given unto us exceeding great hallelujah thank you jesus praise god that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature <laughs> that's here that's not there that's talking about here partakers of the divine nature I'll, I'll tell you something because if you don't think I'm nuts by now wearing a suit sweat and crying you probably already have suspicions so I might as well just confirm all your suspicions I was on a fast preaching down in Laredo Texas everybody say partaker, partaker. of the divine nature that's what well, how did the early church operate? The Bible says in Acts 5, they laid the sick in the streets on mats. That when Peter was done preaching, perhaps his shadow would fall across them and they'd be healed. That's what it says in the Bible. Partakers of the divine nature. Pastor Enoch Adeboye, that is general overseer of the redeemed Christian church of God. 
Started with 37 churches, now at 19,000 plus churches. There's three in Pittsburgh. They're out of Nigeria. His goal is to have a church no less than five minutes uh, driving distance from every human being on earth. They're in 190 countries. How? Partakers of the divine nature. When he was in London, they asked him if he could please pray for a pastor's wife that was in hospice. And I heard him relay the story. He's not a liar. He's in his 80s. He said, you know how they are in, in England? He was telling Nigeria. They're not like here. You know, Nigeria, if a, if a preacher comes, they're honored that they come. London would be similar to Canada and, and parts of America. Where, what are you doing here? Oh, you still believe in that stuff from the 1800s? So he said, I'm not allowed to pray for anybody except who they sent me to. This woman wasn't in ICU. She was in hospice. Hospice is palliative care to make you comfortable to die with dignity. Hospice is when they're done with you. And he said, I walked in, laid my hands on her, prayed a simple prayer. She thanked me, and I left. He said, I got word when I got back to Nigeria that her strength came back in her body that day. She signed herself out of hospice, and was, when she got tested, was completely healthy. But that's not it. All 32 other people that were in hospice that he walked in and walked out were discharged and emptied the hospice center. Partaker of the divine nature. Somebody say partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. Second Peter 1.4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That's right, they're precious. That's why, if it, why does he get mad about that? Because to trample, they're precious. Babies are precious. If you started kicking one around, I'd have a problem. They're precious. These promises are precious. They're what separate us from barbarians. All of you were Gentiles afar off. Read your history that you're so proud of. Read what Irish people did before the gospel came. Read what British people did before the gospel came. They were the scum of the earth. Italian, Roman, barbarians. Read history. Then the gospel came. They put their alcohol away. They quit sexually abusing their own children. Now what happens? If the devil can get that word to go back out of this country, abuse, every type of perversion comes back in. But brother, at this church, we're not going to let it happen. We're gonna, if you think we've grown a lot now, just you wait. We're going to let the word loose and see tens of thousands upon tens of thousands be partakers of this divine nature. Some of you can testify today. I was afar off. I was a mess. But this word changed my life. If you believe it, shout yes. Second Peter 1.4 Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped. I know that's true, Brother Jonathan, but we have to remember we live in a fallen world that's been corrupt. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh yeah. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven for this to work. It'll work right now. Hallelujah. Hey, um, Ben, or whoever's back in the media room, get me Dr. Polonici's testimony about those kids that got kidnapped in northern Nigeria and how God rescued them out of Islamic jihadist kidnappers. Oh yeah, you need to get rid of your little American K-love Christianity. 
How many of you, how many of you are sad today? Well, we're all, no, no, no. I serve a God that has power over Islamic jihadist terrorists. I serve a God that has power over cancer. He doesn't sometimes have it. He's given these promises to me. Flash me on the screen when you have it. Just put, put 2 Peter 1, 4. I know I'm giving you barking a lot of orders. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped. Everybody say, I've already escaped. Oh, yeah. They made a lot of threats about me when I wouldn't stop preaching during COVID. What did they do? Even the people they arrested, like Pastor Rodney, was out in 40 minutes. And then his ministry's quadruple now. What it was then, churches tripled. Bible college is almost to a thousand students. You can't curse who God has blessed, brother. We need to pray. No, not really. Just give thanks. The more you study the Bible, it becomes harder to find things to pray about for you. I need, I can't think of anything I need that you haven't already promised me. So I just lift my hands and say, thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that everything I need is in the anointing. I take it now. <laughs> Boy, you can see the word washing people's problems away. Even if you came here today looking for prayer, if you check the thing you need prayer for, is already gone. This, this word will dissolve lumps in the breast. This word will destroy cancer in your body. You're not leaving here like you came. You're leaving here a partaker of the divine nature. Thumb up. Okay, just so you know, I'm not nuts. Or at least you know there's two nuts people. Take it away, Dr. Paul. A woman, a widow woman, who is on our welfare in church, and the son is on our scholarship in Plateau State, was going to one of the bush areas in Plateau State Pause from it. the school in Barakin, Ladifera Polytechnic. Why do they have 90,000 people in their church with, how many people have to sit outside now that can't fit in? 20,000. You'd think if you built a 90,000 seater, you'd be done. Can you imagine having to build a 90,000 seat church and your staff coming up? Um, we have extra people that they can't fit in. Where do you want to put them? What? <laughs> God's a God of multiplication. I've told our staff here. And by the way, I haven't forgotten about you in Pittsburgh. I can't announce things till the ink's dry or people can mess with you. I keep when I'm doing a secret. I'm thinking about buying two more pieces of property just so people don't know which one I'm building on. So you got to play a little bit of, of a game that way. But let me tell you something. I'm about to make some announcements, but our staff said, boy, I can't wait till we're in our final building. We ain't ever going to be in no final building till we're in the new Jerusalem. Can you say amen? Because everything God touches never stops growing. I see you having the greatest three months that you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. So how did the church grow? How does it grow so big? Here's some reasons. Continue. They can cross in the river and go in and then they were accosted with by Fulani headsmen. 15 of them with AK-47. Match them into the bush, strip them naked. Ask them to recite the Islamic thing and they were not able. And they wanted to shoot now. Cock the gun shot and the gun refused to fire. 15 AK-47s. And then the people were released. I said, what is this? Wear your cloth back. 
and they went into the book, went, and this, the young man went back to school. About 10 days later, the head of the Fulani men traced the young man back to school. And he looked, he saw him, he said, he said, yes, I know you. You are the one who wanted to kill us la the, la the other day. He said, yes, you really know me. Please, I came to ask you for the secret of that power. I need that same power. I just, can you give me that same power? And he said, what are you talking about? He said, the power that made our God not to fight. He said, it's the power of Jesus Christ. He said, no, give me, tell me more. He said, because since that day, the gun has not fired anywhere. None of the guns. None of the guns has fired anywhere for nobody. He said, it is Jesus Christ that has given, that made a difference in my life. He said, then I need to know about that Jesus Christ. Fulani hates men. He said, can you give me your phone number? And the man said, you collected our phone the other day. He said, please, I'm so sorry. Can you give me your we'll phone number? Phone. You stole my phone. He said, I want to be your friend. Now, when such testimony was shared, everywhere erupted. And then people, okay, so this thing is, is fightable. So this thing is conquerable. Within the same two weeks, we had another one. Young girl from, uh, I think, Bini or so, somewhere was going to Lagos around our side. They were kidnapped by kidnappers. Put in a lorry, taken into the bush. In the thickness of the jungle, she sat down and closed her eyes and was singing one of the song, her songs. You are always there to help. You are always there to help me. Even when no one was there. She bent her head. Finished singing, opened her eyes. And she was sitting on the highway by the military checkpoint. She had disappeared from there. Translocated, transported from the road, sitting by military checkpoint on Benin or Expressway. And the soldiers welcomed her. Oh, because they heard what happened. Oh, you are welcome. Sorry. And then kept her for another 24 hours. Transported her to Lagos. People heard such things. And then, boom. We started hearing calls. Somebody was kidnapped. Can you pray? We are coming to church and so forth, so forth and so on. Beloved brothers and sisters, these are things that we have heard and seen on this mountain. The kind of testimonies I heard from Papa, how that the handbill from the bag of one of, 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 one of the members of, of, of Winner's Chapel that was kidnapped, the handbill dropped and, be, and was speaking in tongues. And kidnappers had to take off. So we are not, the things happening are not just mere do this. There must be raw demonstration. There must be raw manifestation. The Bible said the earnest expectation of creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I believe there is somebody here. Raw manifestations will follow you as you go. They will follow you. Say the loudest amen. Now. As you know, our worship leader, well, we got visitors all the time. Everybody say, escape the corruption. It's coming to the world through less. So G Jesus gave us power. <laughs> <We don't laughs> Jesus is not overpowered by the corruption that's in the world. See, there is why I hate. I'm on my faith journey. 
I'm, f- I'm chasing after God. He's not running. Just receive him. The Bible says Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. The greater one lives in you. I said the greater one lives in you. Is that out there somewhere? By a divine mystery, he lives in me. The Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Bible uses the term full of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Is that overcome by, well, yeah, but we live in a world. Who cares? If I'm on Kensington Street, I've proved it. Want to break the videos out? I just decided when I was in my 30s, let's see who's right. I'm going to put up a stage in Kensington, Philadelphia in the open injection zone with everybody high on drugs and full of the devil. Let's see whether I die or people get saved. Guess how it ended? No stab wounds. No nothing. And God will give you a joy. No one tried. It was only the only nervous people were ministers. What are you going to do if somebody shoots at you? Back then I weighed 140 pounds. I said, I'll just stand sideways. <laughs> Those days are over. Thank you, Osos. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't die. The only thing we had to use security for was to organize the line of people who wanted to hug me. Thank you. Do you know, actually, in that meeting, there's a guy that was a male prostitute for drugs, you know? There's a bunch of them. He, he, he just had a shirt and short shorts on. He was a mile away from where we were preaching, and he ran one mile. So God took the mess that the enemy used for bad and used it for good to give him fuel to get to the meeting. He ran one mile barefoot and ran and stood at the back. And, you know, the ushers were, were like trained on him. He wasn't coming to do anything. That skinny male prostitute was standing like this. Then when they gave the altar call, he came up, fell on his knees and started to call to God. And he got completely the shriek of the demon when it left. And when he got up, he was super masculine, totally delivered. I know no one wants to react because your boss might see and you could get fired for having a positive reaction about somebody getting delivered from sexual perversion. But so stay quiet. Don't let anyone know you go to church here. Wear like a disguise on the back of your head. So nobody knows that, that you're in agreement with him. Oh, yeah. What, what went out and lassoed that guy into the meeting? The Holy Ghost. The, say this out loud. The Spirit and the Word agree. Say this. Having escaped. Not will escape. Having escaped. The devil doesn't get to pick when I die. The Bible says with long life will I satisfy you. I'll go when I'm ready. I ain't going now. You need to be careful preaching COVID. COVID can kiss off. What's in my hand is not weaker than what COVID is. It's not that you're denying the disease. It's that you're too drunk on the power of God to get concerned about sickness or disease. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, every sickness, every disease, every addiction that you came in here with, that corruption falls out of you today in Jesus' mighty name. So, just to rub it in the devil's face a little bit, latest, most premature baby, to make it out of the NICU in Detroit is our worship leader, Sister Clarita. And because she was born at two pounds, three ounces, they guaranteed her mother 
She will never be able to speak above a whisper because she doesn't have developed lungs. So this is her slightly above a whisper. Every hand lifted, let it rip. He's a miracle working God. Sing out of those miracle lungs. He's a miracle working God. He's the alpha. Those are miracle lungs. He's a miracle working God. Oh, he's a miracle working God. Let's go. He's a miracle working God. the service are we in? I have no idea. Somebody say, I serve a miracle working God. Alpha and Omega. Oh yeah. That's why the Bible says they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the what? Word of their testimony. I don't believe in miracles. Go talk. She talked to her. She's not something we believe in. She's there. You can touch her and then her husband will knock you out, but you could touch her. Just make sure you go where there's no cameras. Somebody say miracles. That's what separates Christianity from every religion. This does not happen in Buddhist temples. Buddha is dead. And I also felt he was quite chubby for someone so big on self-discipline. <laughs> Guy's enormous telling you about self-discipline. Hasn't done a sit-up in a thousand years. You don't hear about it in Mosul. I'm not sure. We're on television in Palestine. Please don't blow anything up. I'm telling you because I love you. <laughs> Muhammad taught things. He did things, but he died. Every religion can take you to the tomb of its founder, but only Christianity can take you to an empty tomb because Jesus, now think of this. Somebody say escape corruption. What's the strongest weapon that Satan has? Death. Not cancer. The reason you fear cancer is death. The reason you fear whatever is death. Uh, depression leads to suicide. Death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And Jesus said, for my crowning achievement, if you don't believe me because of the words I say, 
at least believe because of the work that you see me do. For I will allow this temple to be taken down. I'll allow it. Nobody killed Jesus. Sorry, I don't want to hurt your book sales, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Nobody killed him. He's unkillable. It's the only time he spoke up at Pilate's hearing. You know, usually you can't get a criminal to shut up. You ever watch Judge Judy? They're talking, coming through the doors. Jesus sat there with his life on the line. Pilate's talking to him, and he answered him not a word. And Pilate said, don't you realize? Are you going to remain quiet before me? Don't you realize I have the power to take your life or set you free? That's the only time Jesus perked up. Make no mistake about it whatsoever, my friend. Jesus could have blew him through the back wall. Make no mistake about it whatsoever, my friend. No man takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Now, I've been preaching for 21 years, and I've been a Christian for about 38. I don't get, get this part. So that's one of the things I'll, I'll never understand. I don't understand how you live in heaven as the Son of God and make a trip down to this place. And the whole reason you came is to get spit on and beaten and people mock you and all that stuff. And you did all that for me? <laughs> for what? I wouldn't do that for me. I don't even care for me that much, to be honest with you. Now, I might lose church people over this. I want to do it for you. Die for you. I would not, I don't know that I would take a mosquito bite for one person <laughs> in this congregation. I'm in this for me. I didn't die for you. I, and I want to be on the record. I would not die for you. Let alone die how he died. He didn't die gun to the head. Firing squad. You read what went up to the crucifixion. That even as the son of God, he said, Father, I know what's coming. If there's any plan B, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And they led him in like a sheep to the slaughter. And on the cross, after they beat him beyond the form and visage of a man, he called out, Father, he could have called 12,000 angels, just wiped the floor with everybody. But then we all go to hell. The gospel would have never went to the Gentiles. Every last one of us would go to hell. He loved me so much. He loved the Hawaiian people so much. He loved the Alaskans so much. He loved Polacks like me so much. He loved West Africans so much. Don't you let any dumb professor from one of these universities that teaches world religions tell you they're all the same. Don't you ever let them tell you that Christianity is a European religion. Jesus was not from Genoa, Italy. He wasn't from Switzerland. The Europeans can't claim him. The Asians can't claim him. The American, that's that American religion. Oh yeah, Jesus from Indianapolis. Now if you're here and you're a Mormon, obviously we differ on that, but I don't read of any trips to the United States. Can you say amen? No, it's not American. Like a diamond on a velvet couch. Jesus was born did his ministry and died in the exact geographical center of planet earth, Israel. So the Europeans can't claim him. The Africans can't say he's ours. The Asians can't say he belongs to us. He's the lamb that was slain for every tongue 
every tribe, every nation, and every race. That's why when you preach it, look around the room. The United Nations doesn't have the diversity this church has. Our staff is from all over the place. Looks like we have a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion in our hiring, but we don't. Just the Holy Ghost. Look around. Could you call this a white church? No. Could you call it a Hispanic church? No. Could you call it a black church? No. Because Jesus, there's no white church. There's no black church. If you ever start identifying, just for my friends that are watching online, if you ever start identifying that way, you're going to ruin your ministry. There's no black church. There's no Portuguese church. There's no Brazilian church. The lamb that was slain for every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and every race. That's why he went to the cross. So the strongest enemy that Satan had at his disposal, death, Jesus laid down, laid his life down and died, gave up the ghost. Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. It is finished. <laughs> and breathed his last. And darkness covered the whole earth at noontime. And the Roman centurion, who had been going over executions his whole career. Yo, I've never seen one like this before. Truly, this man is the son of God. They laid him in the ground. If he never got up again, I'm not going to church today. If he, all he did was die, it'd be a great story of some guy that laid his life down for some reason, for something he believed in. But he told them, though they all lay this temple down, in three days, not I hope my father will give me power to take it back up. My father will give me power to take it back up again. Well, it looks like this went from... Christian Constitution to Christology 101. Let me get S.M. Lockridge's uh, sermon ready. I'm going to pray for people. What did he do while his body was in the, in the grave? His spirit, the Bible says, went down to the lowest place of the earth. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Just so you know, just so I can answer my friends on CNBC and CNN. Why do Christians make such a big deal about this? I'm going to show you why. If there's anything that's ever been worth making a big deal about. I'm not anti-sports. I played sports, believe it or not. You'd be amazed how fast I can run when people are trying to hurt me. (laughs) One time I busted out a 62-yard run in high school, and when we reviewed footage, uh, game footage on Monday, you could hear me screaming in the press box. (laughs) I scream the whole time. Ah, ah. So they, I wasn't allowed to be running back anymore because anytime the play was to go up the middle, I wouldn't do it. I'd bounced outside. I'm not running into that. No, but the goal is just pick up four yards. No, I'm, no, thank you. <laughs> One time I intercepted a pass, I ran directly out of bounds. I like picked it off here and then just ran straight for the sideline. I finished the game. My uniform still smelled like Clorox. The coach went, good interception, but go upfield. No, we're volunteering. (laughs) I'd like to walk. Genesis chapter 3. 
This is right after Adam and Eve fall. So Satan's in that serpent. Genesis 3, 14. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed. More than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. This is called in theology the law of double reference. So people don't like snakes. And God said he's also going to put, make, Satan will be an adversary of human beings. He, you have bruised his heel. But I will send another who will crush your head. You have bruised the heel of mankind, Satan. But I'll send another Adam. Who was Adam's dad? Who was Adam's earthly father? He didn't have one. He's called the first Adam. The first Adam of the flesh, fleshly. But the second Adam, the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. The second Adam, a life-giving spirit. Who was Jesus' earthly father? Nobody. He was born of God. Because where does a child get its blood from? Mother or father? Father. When I heard this guy in Georgia, this pastor, say a couple years ago during Christmas time, whether Jesus was born of a virgin or not isn't important. The important thing is that he was born. I knew he was finished then. He's having a conference now that's LGBTQ inclusive. Keep your eye on people. Anything that submarines the divinity of Christ. Well, I believe he was a prophet and taught many good things. That, that won't get you into heaven, my friend. He operated as a prophet. He operated as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a teacher. But he's not a prophet. He is the son of God, made flesh, not born of a human, born from above. Go ahead, give him a, the son of God made flesh. I'm not trying to restrain you. Let it rip. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody's close. Alpha and Omega. Fairest of 10,000. Bright and morning star. King of kings. Lord of lords. And he shall reign forever and ever. You say, that's, that's difficult to believe. I know. They didn't believe him when he was on the earth. Did you ever hear, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? All the times they said to Jesus, are you going to instruct us? We know who our father is. You think anybody believed Mary gave birth supernaturally? We know who our father is. Your mom concocted some story about how God got her pregnant. Yeah, I'm sure. You were a carpenter up until you're 30. We don't believe you're the son of God. Read Mark 6. And he could do no mighty miracles there because of his unbelief. And ultimately, he was rejected by the entire nation of Israel. But the stone that the builder has rejected has now become the chief cornerstone that the gospel went to the Gentiles. And now the time is short because he not only rose from the dead, conquered death, broke the head of the devil, broke the head of the devil, broke the head of the devil, stripped the keys, stripped the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and said, Behold, I am the living one who died. 
but look now I am alive and I live forevermore and I hold the keys you have bruised his heel but I have crushed his head that all who believe in him will have their sins forgiven in his name who have escaped who not will escape as soon as you call on him the Bible says as he is first John as he is so are we in this world he is the head we are the body partakers of the divine nature hallelujah every time you feel down every time you feel discouraged every time you get a report about sickness or disease that you don't like you should just lift your hands and say thank you i am a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust somebody shout amen like thunder shout amen like thunder the lord is good and his mercy endureth forever somebody yell it so the devil can hear you i have a promise say i got a book full of them I believe them and so I have escaped the corruption that's come into this world through lust say I'm clean say I'm not a sinner I've been saved by grace I've been saved by grace the old life is dead the addict is dead the depression the victim of depression is dead Nevertheless, I live, but it's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Now clap your hands and celebrate it. If you're filled with the Spirit, worship Him in the Spirit. I might look like everybody else, but I'm not like everybody else. I got a word over my life. I got Jesus on the inside, and He's working on the outside. Come on, take 30 seconds, clap your hands, shout, move around, stir your dead flesh. Let the devil know he's lost you for good. The devil is defeated. He's not gonna be defeated. He is defeated. That's why these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils, not be victimized by devils. How many of you know, even after we get saved, many of us have demons that live in our soul realm. Yeah, smoke more crack. You have a low IQ or, or you're intentionally deceiving people, which I lean to the second one. If you're selling a deliverance pack for $399, that'll take you 40 days to get delivered. If you listen to it and spend the $400. Modern day Simon the Sorcerer. Oh, yeah. If you, need, if you got a preacher that needs 40 days to get you delivered, you need to come to another church. If Kofi looks at a devil, they pee their pants and go out the door. You can bring anybody to this place. There's enough fire in this church on an off day to drive out every foul devil that's ever tried to set up shop in the greater Pittsburgh area. I tell you online, you're free today. You are free. You're coming out free. You're coming out stronger than before the attack in Jesus' mighty name. I said in Jesus' name. 
You can be seated. Let me, let me say one more thing. When the children of God were in bondage in Egypt, what was God's plan for rescue? Take a lamb that has no spot or blemish. Kill it without breaking any bones in its body. Then drain the blood into a basin. Take hyssop branches and apply the blood to the doorposts of the house. And when I see the blood, when the angel of death goes door to door, what's the strongest enemy? Death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Then Satan and death were bound and thrown in the lake of fire. It's the last bullet that Satan's got in his gun. When the angel of death goes door to door, when he sees the blood of that lamb painted over your house, he will pass over you. You look like every other family living in Egypt, but you got the blood of that lamb on your door. Now, any theology book you read, if you came here from a Catholic church, you came here from a Presbyterian church, I was telling a pastor where I was not long ago. Actually, it was in Oregon. I said, I have an easy time in Pittsburgh because the Presbyterians had a move with the Spirit. Catherine Kuhlman basically only did her meetings in Presbyterian churches. So Presbyterians know about the Holy Ghost. I said, Catholic people, Duquesne University was ground zero for the charismatic renewal. The nuns there got hungry, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, started having charismatic ministers like Oral Roberts to teach them about the Holy Ghost. So I, I got an easy job. Just when I thought my life was too easy, it got even easier. Just saying the opposite of what you hear on Caleb. The Lord is good. Mercy endures forever. And you say amen. So people here know about it. They know this isn't just a book of lessons. There's something in back of this word that gives you power to escape the corruption that's trying to take your life out. The corruption's real, but the power and the promises are more real. And the death can't overwhelm the word. The word overwhelms the death. So, Presbyterian theology book, Catholic theology book, um, full gospel assemblies of God theology book, they're all going to tell you the same thing. That lamb without spot or wrinkle, its blood represented the blood of who? The lamb represented who? Jesus. They'll all tell you that because it's all true. So they took the blood that represented Jesus' blood and applied it to the doorposts of their home. And when he saw the blood that represented Jesus' blood, the, the actual angel of death couldn't go in the house. So, pregunta por favor. If the blood that represented the blood of Jesus had power to ward off actual death, how much more does the actual blood of Jesus? Because the Bible says, this is in the, this is in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, when Jesus died, do you know God had them make a replica, the temple that, that was built and that they're going to rebuild is a replica of the temple that's in heaven. So when Jesus died, the Bible says he went up into heaven and carried his own blood and offered it on behalf and sprinkled it over us. Does the Bible say that or not? So well, you can't see it in the natural, but in the supernatural, there's a do not touch list. I've told you the story when I was in India and they had that girl chained to a post that was receiving offerings for the Hindu temple. I was in a Puma tracksuit, no Bible, nothing. There had to be 600 people walking by. It's India. 
She came right to the end of the chain and went like this to you. And I got, I don't know what the devil's trying to do, but it encouraged me. I went, wow, I'm actually in the ministry. I've been spotted. Can you say amen? Can you say it better? Amen. Well, close your eyes, put your hand on your belly and say it. I might look like everybody else, but I'm not like everybody else. I'm a child of God. His blood is over me, and it's keeping me alive. Now lift both hands, and with your eyes closed, just begin to thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. One last scripture. I'll leave you alone. Psalm 27. Keep that video ready. Psalm 27. These were supposed to be my introductory scriptures, then I had 21 points, but that ship has sailed. And five weeks in, we're at number 10. Psalm 27. Verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. How many know we all stumble and fall? No, they stumble and fall. Though, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I'll remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, my sister wrote her first song was on the scripture. My sister Jessica. The, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold his beauty in the secret place. For he will conceal me when troubles come. You know, this is a psalm of David. David dealt with trouble. Not people posting mean things about him on Facebook. People, an army coming to kill him. <laughs> Read the Bible. What did he do when he was attacked? He went to live with Samuel. That's a good idea. He killed Goliath. He killed, took his brothers out. I said he was a man of war. When trouble came, he said, I'm going to go find the most anointed man in the nation and I'm going to have him uh, help him buy bunk beds and I'm staying right there so a private army comes to kill him and the Bible says when they got on the property they all fell to the ground then a second group came they fell to the ground and began to prophesy then Saul said enough you need something done right do it yourself I'll go and kill him myself and when Saul stepped on the ground he fell to the ground and prophesied the Holy Ghost overwhelmed the forces that were coming to take out the man of God. All of my brothers and sisters that are here today, I'm not blowing smoke. Every force from hell that's been sent to take you out, it is swallowed up in the anointing today. In Jesus' name. It's not going to be a process. It's not going to be a journey. You are free. In Jesus' name. If you receive that, just lift your hands and thank God for about 10, 15 seconds. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm free. I receive freedom. I'm not here to struggle. I'm ordained an overcomer. All right. 
I'll end up preaching another sermon, so let me just skip to the part I was trying to get to. Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 13. Put it up in the, in the New King James, if you would. If you have King James, it's fine. Psalm 27, 13. This was supposed to be my introduction for why we were going to go over the promises. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord while I was in the land of the living. Keep that up there. They've seen enough of me. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What do the promises of God help you to do? When everything on the outside looks contrary, what's the devil trying to do? The whole, all you battle, the only fight that a Christian is called to fight is the good fight of? And what does faith do? We walk by and not by? Yeah, when a private military is coming to kill you, not arrest you, kill you, you'd lose heart. But if you have a word from God that I'm going to establish your throne forever, and you will reign over this nation. He said, David said, even me. I'd have said, I'm finished. If I, unless I had believed. Not, you can't just have a Bible. Have some promise book sitting on your coffee table. You believe it. That's how the word works. Believest thou that I can make you to see? Yea, Lord. And instantly his eyes came open. Faith, the things of God work by belief. God's greatest insult is for a man to doubt him. And his greatest pleasure is for a man to say, I believe everything you said. And the Bible says, if you believe it, who has believed? Romans 10, 16. Keep, that, keep Psalm 27, 13. I've not forgotten. Romans 10, 16 and 17. Who has believed our message? And to whom is the strong right arm of the Lord revealed? Listen to that. Who has believed our message? And to whom is the strong right arm of the Lord believe, revealed? Believing it empowers you to become the thing you believe. I'm talking about the Word of God. I'm not talking about uh, uh, Reiki or... It's funny how, how even secular people are starting to... I was watching Dana White, who's the head of the UFC, talk about this manifesting thing, brother, is real in an interview this week. If you believe something and start speaking it, it happens. Yeah, I know, it's in the Bible. Problem is, if you're not redeemed, the Bible says it's like a basket with holes in it. So you'll have one sexual assault case that'll wipe out your whole wealth. Your board of directors will have you step down. The holiness and redemption gives you the power to retain it. So you have the church walking away from the laws that are in the Bible, and you have unsaved people finding them. Believe it. Speak it. Become it. Believe it. I guess I... No, no, no. Not that kind of belief. With all of your heart. You don't believe with the head. You believe with the heart. Believe it, speak it, out of the abundance of the heart, the death and life are in the power of the, and then become, enjoy it. You, all you're doing, it's like there's a river that flows with God's blessings, and you're believing and speaking just gets you in the river with the raft. You're not trying to ask God to do anything, there's already a flow of blessings. I've already prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Can you say Amen. Psalm 27, 13. 
I mean, why do you keep putting me up on the screen? I'm not 1990s Brad Pitt. It's not like everyone's here. Boy, I love watching him on that screen. With his huge nose and hair desperately in need of a cut. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How does the devil get people to lose heart? Whether we, he didn't say that one day, whether it's in the land of the living or in heaven, I'll see the goodness of the Lord. No, I'll see it. I loved Dr. Nietzsche's testimony he shared. Those kids didn't say, um, well, maybe we'll, we'll, whether we see God's goodness here. No, God's going to rescue me with long life. God gave me a promise that I have long life. The Islamic jihadists and their AK-47s are not allowed to subvert the word of God. And every one of their guns jammed and they never could get them to fire again. To the point that they hunted them down and said, I want, I'd like to become a Christian. The power you have is greater than the power we have. So how can it be working like that in northern Nigeria and then people are struggling here? Calling up Caleb all day. Yes, I'm having a hard day. What happened? Your heated seat broke? <laughs> My Sirius XM glitched out. No, it's all focus. If you focus on what's going wrong, wrong multiplies. I would have lost heart. Unless I believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord while I'm yet in the land of the living. What do you believe? I'm asking you. Well, you know, I believe there's some truth to that. But then in my family, do you know somebody can be the first in their family that their kidneys don't shut down? Do you know somebody can be the first in their family that they don't die of heart disease? They live till they're 86 years old with a healthy heart. When they die, they go peacefully in their sleep. Did you know it only takes one person in a family? To say, I believe God. I believe his word. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to have what everybody else has. I believe that I'll see the goodness of the Lord while I'm in the land of the living. Lift your hands all over this place. You're going to watch. You, are you, you. I'm talking to you. You're going to see God's goodness all the days of your life. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. I see your trials. I see your obstacles dying today in the anointing. I see new life coming into your spirit. Life is not going to continue like it's always been. You're coming out. You're coming out. I see you coming out. In Jesus' name. Now, now that we know the strength of what all this is based on. The high price that Christ paid. I've played this before. I want to play it a lot. It's one of the greatest messages ever delivered. I want you to see what this big deal is about Jesus. I don't think Christians have to make such a big deal. I can think, I gotta tell everybody about Jesus. You know, I, yes, I'm sure there's a lot of good things. No, 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 you don't understand who Jesus is. Somebody has obscured his greatness from you. I've said this before, and I'm not, Again, I'm pastor here. We're starting a second branch. I have a Falcon 50. I can do tooth. I can chew gum and, and walk. It's not a big deal. So I'm not setting you up for me not being here. But when you hear people, I only like coming if Jonathan's preaching. Then you'll, you'll probably end up in hell. This is not a cult. If your church attendance is dependent upon me or anybody else being there, you don't serve Jesus. The head of this church is not me. The head of this church is Jesus Christ. I am a laborer in his vineyard. And again, that's not setting you up for me not to be here. 
I go to church because I'm a Christian. I go to church on vacation. It's some subpar three out of ten church that's close to where I go vacation. I'm there for Jesus. I'm not, you know, you don't have to like, if it's a a good show, it's not a Las Vegas show. This church has good reviews, so I'll attend. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm a Jesus man. And I'm going to show you why. Don't anybody move. That's not a threat. Just a request. I want you to watch this and let it get into your spirit, and then I'm going to pray for you. Roll it. My king was born king. The Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings, and he is a lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, I wonder if you know him. Do you know him? Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? David said the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is the only one for whom there's no means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his solar supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's internally strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially merciful.
is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you. I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God 1 John 5 13 they told me a lot of people took the bus in today do you know why we send our teams out to your apartment complexes so we can feel good about helping people in apartments no I could just help myself I lived in an apartment most of my life It's to let everybody know about that man, Jesus Christ. That by believing in him, it's not like finding out about George Washington or somebody that you you find out. That by believing in him, you may have life. That's why that's different than any biography you'd watch. You watch, oh, okay, that's that's awesome. Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, Bonnie and Clyde. But you watch that. Something starts rising on the inside of you. Because when you believe that, that in believing in him, you might have eternal life. That's why. 
You don't have to recreate the horrors that you grew up with. Fighting and trouble in the home. You're one prayer away from that same power that broke death. Coming into your entire house. Transforming your children. Transforming you. Transforming your money. No more struggling. I like that thing he said in the beginning. Able to simultaneously supply all our needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. So what about you? So the only part of the ministry I don't enjoy is that I can't make people get saved because God can't. God didn't make it that way. We don't, do what, I'm not, we don't do what other religions do and put a sword to your neck and make you quote John 3.16. That's not love. He loved you and he asked that you believe in him and love him. He wants to enter into a relationship with you. Yeah, we're taking in church members in a little bit because there's an organized structure to get the gospel out. But this begins, this is not joining a religion. This is a relationship with that person, Jesus Christ. How? How do you have a, how, but, but you can't see him. That's right. Jesus told Thomas, you believe because you've seen me. But blessed are those who though they've never seen me, still they believe. You've never seen Joe Biden. You believe in him. He's got a different face every nine months or so. But you still believe? So then what about Christ? Just because you don't, someone's not visible to you right in front of you doesn't mean they don't exist. He's in heaven. He's coming back again. The signs of his coming back are so... <laughs> My dad used to have to preach on this stuff in the 80s when the technology didn't even exist for the book of Revelation to come true. No man can buy or sell unless they're given a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. One world economy, one world government. Now it's openly this week, the World Economic Forum said, every nation must lay down their sovereignty and come under global governance. What do you need? All the devil has to do to get you to go to hell is put this off one more hour. You're right, Jonathan, I believe this. I'm going to start coming back more. That doesn't do it. Before you need a church, you need a change. And only the blood of Jesus, when you repent of sin and call on him, that's the only thing that can bring the proper change. You got to do that today. You must do it today. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry for all the yelling. Sorry that I'm different. I'm telling you, in 2020, March 2020, when they locked everything down, and my last message before the lockdown was in South Dakota, I watched that Friday night service. And I thought to myself, if they never had church again, if Jesus came tomorrow, would you be satisfied with that being your last time that you spoke to people about God? And so I, I, from, from then on, I preach every sermon like it's my last one. I may never see you again. People die. I'm not threatening you. I'm not saying you're going to die. But be, it, you'd, be, you'd be a fool if you're me. Maybe they'll come back next week. People die. Anybody ever hear the pastor D.L. Moody? Do you know why he started giving altar calls? Because he used to do something that was popular at the time in the 1800s. They had what was called a contemplation bench in Chicago. Huge church. If you're thinking about becoming a Christian, go to that bench and just think about it. And after a week or two, you can join the church. And then they had something. Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over that lantern, the Chicago fire. And a bunch of the people in his church that were sitting on that bench for a week or two deciding whether they would like to become a Christian or not, died. 
That's why he has the famous quote, I'd rather have both arms cut off than end a message without an appeal to receive Jesus Christ. Because only one life will soon be passed. One day you will stand before the Lord. And your name's either going to be in the Lamb's book of life or not in it. Why have it not in? Well, I've really messed up. What part of what I preached for two hours did you not understand? The blood of Jesus covers every sin. It's not about whether he'll forgive you. It's will you give him your life? He laid down his life for you. Do you know he doesn't even ask you to go to a cross and now die for him? All he asks you to do is pledge. He takes your word. Like he expects you to take his word seriously. He takes your word seriously. If you come up to that white line with me, like we've had close to a thousand people do in a year and a half, and say, Lord, I, I believe you. I give you my life. I believe you. No need to go to a cross. I already did it for you. I believe you. I write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Even if it's your first Sunday you've ever been in church, you know, listen, you can't live like that for 40 years and just expect me to invite you right in. Did you ever hear the prodigal son? While the son was yet afar off, the father saw him and ran to him and put his arms around him and said, get my robe, get my ring, for my son that was dead has now come home. Hallelujah! You don't have to die. You don't have to be a victim in life. You can hook up with the greatest overcomer, Jesus Christ. Have his power. What did we start with? Somebody say divine nature. Let me tell you something. That divine nature sure beats the curse and stench of sin and heaviness that everybody carries. Those commercials on TV won't apply to you after today. We all battle depression. No, we don't. You do. I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm a partaker. Say out loud, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Okay, so come and partake. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jonathan, I want to receive that divine nature. I'm not putting it off one more hour. I'm going to go home and watch football today. The happiest I've ever been. The Bible says, oh, the joys of those whose sins are forgiven, whose record of iniquity is blotted out, never to be remembered again. God's already voted for you. I also vote for you. The devil's already voted against you. I'm sure many other people also have voted against you. But you cast the deciding ballot. Snap out of sin. Stop living a life you've been sick of living for 15 years. Do it today. Let me pray with you. You're why I started this church. I'm already saved. We started this to rescue the perishing, care for the dying, get them full of the Holy Ghost, get them equipped in the army of God to then go reach others till it hits a critical mass where the devil won't know what hit him in Pittsburgh. Everything they try to uh, do here from the globalist level will never take root because there's already a root here in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here and you say, Jonathan, that's me. I don't know that I have eternal life. I don't know that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life or I once did all this. But I've allowed the carelessness of this world and our culture to make me lukewarm. But I believe that God, I don't believe in coincidence. There's a reason I felt to get on a strange bus with strange people and go to a strange place. I realize now it was God pulling me in because he doesn't want me to go to hell. He died for you. He wants you. He loves you. 
Jonathan, that's me. I want to do that today. I want you to quickly put your hand up high right now. We're going to pray. Everyone that came that's never done that, or you once did and you fell away, keep it up. I see your hands, but there's more. Come on. Get saved. Get rid of sin. Don't let sin get rid of you. Don't give the devil the satisfaction of destroying your family. Make a home today that every battle you had to fight growing up, your children never have to fight those battles. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say, I don't know if I can do it. You become a partaker of his divine nature. It comes as easy as breathing. Everyone that lifted a hand, I want you to stand to your feet and join me at this line, and we're going to pray together. I want those of you with more courage to come first. It'll help those that are more timid. Come right now. Go ahead and give them a hand clap as they come. This is the greatest thing there is in life. Yes. 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 This isn't Catholic or Protestant. This is saved. This is born again. Who else before we pray? God's wrestling with my heart. I'm coming today. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I give myself. 20 more seconds. If the Lord's dealing with your heart, come. Today is the end of all my struggles. Yes. Yes. Second way. Dam's breaking. There's more. I know there's more. Why go home condemned? Go home forgiven. Sing it one more time, everything that's in you. Yes, more. My life is not Who else? Who else? I give myself, I give myself to you. Awesome. Very quickly lift both hands to the Lord. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Because some people, if I said, now you just pray, some people have never prayed, they want to know what to say. So I'm going to give you the words to say, but this is not a recital. Say it from your heart. You're talking to a living God. Thanks for your service. It's not going to be in vain. We'll see to that. Yes, more. This is awesome. Anybody else? There's more. Yes. Hallelujah. That's so awesome. I want you to know something. You, my friend with the red hair, you've led more people to the Lord in, in two months than most ministers do in an entire career. Every time you come, you got people with you. Great job. I like you. Say this prayer from your heart. Remember, you're talking to a, you're not talking to the ceiling. You're talking to a living God. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward today to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your hands lifted and let me bless you. 
I don't hand out blessings for sneezing. These blessings work. The Bible says in the Old Testament, he told the priest, pronounce a blessing over the people. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless your bodies in the name of Jesus. I command you to be healed standing at this altar from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Behold, behold, no more struggling, no more loss. In Jesus' name, a new beginning. Put your hand on your heart. Brand new heart, brand new lungs. The healthiest close out to a year you've ever had. I command you to live and not die. Command all your blood levels to go to normal. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. No more struggle. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask you, as your servant, the same way, by your grace, you've made it where I don't struggle. Let that grace come upon every man and woman that's here that they don't struggle serving you. Put a passion in them to serve you with all their heart. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I bless every household that's represented here. In Jesus' name, no more hardship, no more struggling, no more one good week, three bad weeks. From glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. One second. Let me see both your hands. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Close your eyes one more time. I ended my prayer prematurely. I cursed the taste for any unclean substance that the devil has used before this morning to mess with your system and your bloodstream and your brain and your central nervous system. I curse those toxins that are in your system. I curse the entire fentanyl industry. I command it to dry up in Pittsburgh. I command there to be massive problems in the camp of the people who produce it, who ship it, whether they're street sellers, whether they're DEA, Department of Justice officials, CIA, whoever, anybody that's got their hand in it, cut their hand off, Lord. In Jesus' name, no more bearing people at 19 and 20. Be free. I pray the curse of the Lord would come upon every institution that has a hand in pumping that stuff into Pittsburgh. In Jesus' name, I command you to live and not die. I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.